The Global Threat Report, ladies and gentlemen, is sponsored by Global Threat Solutions for peace of mind in uncertain times. Uh, you got to check out the captain's company, Ken Bob Ace's company, GlobalThreatSolutions.com, a company that provides so much, so many services. Please check it out online, GlobalThreatSolutions.com. And let's not forget the great show on Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock right here on L.A. News Radio, The Captain's Brief. That's The Captain's Show along with Tom Evans. What a show, great guests, all in all. No other show like it. Uh, on these airwaves, the aforementioned uh, captain in uh, Kim Bombay. Sir, great to have you here on a Thursday as we kind of wind down uh, 2023. I thought it would be a uh, a really kind of good idea uh, to kind of see what is happening. And there are plenty of events happening as we close out this year. Uh, and I got to start with this uh, sham of a meeting uh, with the Secretary of State and the Homeland uh, Secretary, uh, that would be uh, Mr. Mayorkas and uh, Mr. Blinken, uh, who uh, head down to Mexico uh, for what? Uh, obviously window dressing, in my estimation, because you know there's not an ounce of productivity <laughs> that will occur over the next couple of days, meeting with the Mexican president and everything else, Obrador. Uh, you know nothing of substance, uh, my friend, will come out of that. It's just my opinion. Do you agree with that or no? Totally, totally agree with that. Um, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, this this meeting is so far what we're receiving is very vague on details. I don't think anyone really expected anything, any real progress from this meeting as far as its immediate crisis on the border. I think, Jay, this is more just some much-needed optics to show that President Biden is doing something, anything, to address this issue. Uh, you know, Secretary Blinken says uh, in his statement, he said, as we made clear in Mexico City today, we're committed to partnering with Mexico to address our shared challenges, including managing unprecedented irregular migration in the region, reopening key ports of entry, and combating illicit fentanyl. I mean, these are, these are just like, this is a generic meeting, things that we've already known, Mexico knows, we know. There'll be literally no action taken from this, no actual policies changed to change anything. I think Biden needed to do something presidential election the border is a huge issue and he he has done nothing to stop it this is just one thing that he could act as so so that he could say look i sent my secretary of state director of homeland security to to meet with our partners to address this issue but nothing's going to happen there's the border's a disaster this morning and it's going to be next week too yeah i mean uh, you want to fix the the issue uh build the wall finish the wall uh, close it off. Uh, you know, Title 42, reinstate. Uh, you want to really fix this problem to shore up the border. I mean, that's that's how you do it. Uh, the problem is when you have 8 million-plus encounters uh, over the last couple of years, 2 million gotaways, uh, those on the terrorist watch list, those who are that of human trafficking via the cartels, that of the fentanyl that has come in and killed 70,000-plus Americans over the year. Uh, you know what? Maybe maybe somebody has a common-sense notion here. Uh, instead of lying, like Alejandro does, Mr. Mayorkas, right? He lies in front of Congress and says, hey, we, you know, it's not a problem. We're trying to fix the problems from the previous administration. I mean, come on. Nothing but lies, nothing but uh, fraudulent optics. Uh, and everything else, as you say, uh, it's uh, disgraceful. It really is. Uh, nothing good will come out of this. Nothing productive. 
Uh, it's a simple fix. Close it off. Uh, allow people in to vet properly. Okay? Let them go through a proper process. Not a piece of paper saying come back in eight years. Literally. Seven or eight years. Uh, that, that, that's what's happening right now. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Uh, and no end in sight. Yeah. So that is the, uh, the, the meeting there, my friend, right? Yeah, yeah there's, nothing's been done. What, what we have is a president. I mean, historically, President Biden has always been somewhat moderate for a Democrat. And he sold his soul to the devil, it appears, to, to be president. And he's taking orders from people who are far left, who have a, uh, you know, it, it amazes me that President Biden and others in his administration will sit here and act like this is a mystery about we need to find solutions. They intentionally changed the policies that were very much working. I mean, it was night and day. It was an overnight policy change intentionally made by this administration that caught this. How about just change those policies back and we'll be back where we were and, and we could stop this insanity right now? How about sh- right now in the short term? I don't think anyone would oppose locking down the border completely, 100% lockdown, so we figure out what's going on. We're the only country in the world doing this. We have let in so many people over the last two years, Jay. I mean, it dwarfs the population of so many of our states. We've added far more than the population of so many American states. Just in, And the scary thing is, so many of those people, we have no idea who they are. But we do know we have people on the terror watch yeah. list. We have military-aged Chinese yep. people all of a sudden running to the border. There are so many threats that he has created right now. They're countless. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, mindless are some of these mayors around this country. I mean, the latest of uh, folks is uh, our own very own uh, beloved Eric Adams uh, has issued this executive order aimed at reducing the chaos caused by the flow of migrants sent from the Texas border into New York City. And the order includes a demand uh, for 32 hours notice of their arrival in the city. Can you imagine this? The announcement made at a joint briefing of the mayors, New York, Chicago, and Denver, uh, who have formed this coalition uh, to pressure the federal government to help cities struggling to house and feed an overwhelming number of migrants. Uh, How silly is that? You know, the problem with Eric Adams is he gives you a glimpse of common sense. You know, just just a trifle of common sense. And then he falls back like the rest of them. I mean, yeah, Mayor. Why not cry out, vehemently saying, stop the flow, please, Mr. President. Shore up the border. Build that wall. Finish it. Please, stop it. We cannot be a sanctuary city anymore, Mr. President. We have a price tag of $12 billion coming our way. Come 2025, if this is not fixed... We cannot allow one more soul into our city, Mr. President. Never hear that from him, do you? Never hear. What a silly what? bunch of silliness. 32 hours. Just get, I tell you what, can you can you give me 32 hours of notice? How about why not 24 hours? What's this 32 hours nonsense? You ever see anything so <laughs> silly in your life? I, I it's tell you ridiculous. this guy uh, one, one last point, Cap. This guy is hovering in de Blasio territory. I'm going to tell you right now, he's hovering in de Blasio territory. 
the worst mayor in the history of mess. He's hovering around that right now. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. And I think also he's got bigger issues to deal with right now as far as that federal investigation. Um, This is just one thing about it's like you said, it's a great example that, yes, he highlights the problem pretty accurately um, as far as how it's impacting, negatively impacting New York City. But then historically, he's transitions that blame to like Governor Abbott in Texas. He's, he needs to put the blame where it belongs. I mean, everyone in the country realizes who's responsible, whether you support it or not. And I can't imagine supporting it. But everyone knows that it's this administration that came in, made immediate changes. Now we have a disaster. That's it. The math is very simple. You know, you would think that as a mayor of a major city, he wouldn't be demonizing Texas, the governor of Texas. In fact, he would say he should be down there with mayors in Texas aligning with them, forming a, you know, a pact to, to address this with the federal government and say we can't, we're trying to run the cities in this country and we can't do it because of this mass influx of illegal immigrants coming in here and all of the financial and other pressures it's putting on our jurisdictions. He should be siding with those mayors. They have the same problems that he does. In fact, let's face it, far worse because they're right on the border. So many, especially the smaller cities there, they've been overrun. They will never be the same. Those cities and towns on the border will never, ever be the same after this. They've been changed forever, which, which leads you to believe what is the, the, the strategy here. And it's just that ultimately they believe these people will be voters. I have to feel that someone in the Democratic Party who came up with these strategies and advised President Biden, because historically he did not support this. There's all sorts of videos of him you know, being strong against illegal immigration, and all of a sudden, it's an open border. And so whoever's behind this actually believes, ultimately, they're going to turn Texas blue, for one thing, which is critical. If they could turn Texas blue, forget it, Jay. I mean, you know, Republicans probably won't have a president again. That's a strategy, and it's not a stupid one. Think about it. It's evil, but it's not a stupid one. I think no. that they're, they're hoping that they're going to change Texas, turn Texas blue, and then also... These will, all these millions of people that they've let in will ultimately most be Democratic voters. And there's, there's efforts at the same time to make that happen. So it's, he should, you know, these mayors should be bonding together and going to D.C. As a, as a team and saying, you need to do something. You created this. You're the one putting this burden on our cities. I, I agree. Give them money. They caused it. They should be giving money to support this. Why should municipalities be responsible to, to take, you know, front the bill for this ridiculous policy that we've seen since the beginning of this administration? Uh, it's the number one issue. Number one issue for me going into the election. This Brandon Johnson is an absolute joke. Uh, he being the mayor of Chicago, taking, taking over for that uh, Lori Lightweight. What a disaster she was, we know, Cap. And, of course, so all the goings-on out in Colorado, the mayor of Denver there, Mike Johnston, just absolute fools uh, getting into this Zoom yesterday, this uh, this briefing of these of these mayors, these cities who formed this, this coalition. Oh, you're putting such pressure on the federal government to help cities struggling to house and feed uh, the overwhelming number of migrants, such pressure they're putting on. Give me, can you please give me, give us 32 hours Please give us 32 hours of warning, please. You know, come on. It's, it's, I, it, I cannot believe what I, what I witness on a daily basis. Uh, the captain with us, 
the Global Threat Report. Let's get to the uh, administration announcing an additional quarter of a billion dollars, folks, $250 million in military assistance to Ukraine uh, in its fight against the uh, Russian invasion. The package cap includes arms and equipment, the last schedule for this year, thank goodness. Additional funding for Ukraine is blocked for now, at least by some of these Senate Republicans. Listen, I, I don't have a problem aiding Ukraine. I want to make it clear. My problem is, what is the plan? Long, I mean, how long are we going to keep going uh, with an open checkbook to Zelensky and company? Every time you know it gets it gets a little hot for Zelensky, you know he makes his way into this country with his green T-shirt and everything else. Can you put on a suit at least uh, next time, please? Uh, when you're asking for money, I don't have a problem with it. It's important that we fund Ukraine against the dictator and all that it represents. The problem is the long-range solution. Do we have any? February 24th, around there, will be two years, Cap. Two years. And no end in sight here. So if I'm the President of the United States, I'm saying to my staff, what is our plan? What is the long-range deal here for Ukraine? Uh, Is there any solution? Uh, Listen, way back in time, it used to be uh, uh, not joining NATO. That was the thing that set Putin off, remember? But in essence, what is the plan? Because we just can't keep writing these checks. It's unsustainable. What's your take? It's it's exactly right. Unsustainable. We all want to support Ukraine. I can't imagine not wanting to support Ukraine. We all know what Vladimir Putin's about and and what he's done to his own country. But there's limitations. We can't support the world. We have huge issues. We just talked about the biggest one on our border. We have money to be spent here helping our own people, all these cities demanding money. So the latest is uh, this $250 million weapons package. It'll be the final package given to Ukraine. Um, and, And in the big picture, $250 million is pennies compared to what we've given to Ukraine. Um, and this is going to include, you know, missiles, artillery, anti-armor systems, ammunition. This is like drawdown uh, weapon systems from U.S. stockpiles. This isn't a new purchase. Now, of course, as you know, President Biden's urging Congress to pass this $110 million aid package, but we're not going to see anything about that till the new year. But the bigger question is what you said, Jay. What is the long-term plan? How this cannot continue. So what, even if... the Congress gets together early January, and they come up with a plan, they pass something. What are we doing? Are we going to do it again in February? What is the plan? One thing I have seen interesting, Jay, just recently, is some stories that that Vladimir Putin has been signaling his willingness to, to move to a ceasefire, to discuss a ceasefire, and move to diplomatic efforts. I've seen several stories about this. Maybe if I'm on tomorrow, we need more time. We could talk about that. But I've seen a couple stories. I want to know what's being done about that. What's, are we capitalizing, or is Ukraine capitalizing on that? Is the U.S. moving in that direction? And ultimately, is Zelensky willing to, to have some concessions? There's no way we're coming to an agreement without it. If he can, I think this thing, we can move to a new phase in this, ultimately in the first quarter of 24, if he were willing to do that. But right now, you know, the big questions for 24J is, will the U.S. continue to support Ukraine, and at what level? And will there be a move to a diplomatic phase? That's the only two questions we should be following right now, because those are the important ones. 
Absolutely. It has to be something on the table long term. I hope you are right with what you are seeing and hearing as far as uh, maybe an agreement of some sort, hopefully, uh, to put an end to this conflict almost two years again uh, into this whole thing. Uh, the captain with us. Cap, a couple of minutes uh, remain, and that brings us uh, to Israel. Uh, and as we mentioned yesterday, the intensity uh, keeps going. Netanyahu is very firm in his belief that the complete eradication of Hamas uh, is uh, the only solution uh, to these problems right now. Uh, even though, even though there is pushback uh, from the administration, president, uh, there is pushback from the United Nations. There are humanitarian questions and everything else with the Palestinians, the Gazans, and everything else. Uh, but right now, uh, it's about taking the fight, finishing off the South. Uh, Hezbollah is starting to get in the way. That might have to be in play for 2024. Uh, the Houthis uh, are in play as far as Yemen is concerned. Attacks in the Red Sea and the ships and everything else, drone attacks. We know about the 103-plus attacks on our military bases over there since October the 17th. The beat goes on, and Netanyahu only has one way to go on this. That's right. And so the Israel's military chief echoed Prime Minister Netanyahu's words in saying that this conflict is not over and it's going to go on for many more months, which is kind of ominous to those who are hoping this is going to wind down like right now. That these statements now have alarmed the international community, the World Health Organization. Everybody is so um, focused hyper-focused on the, the civilian casualties within Gaza. And the problem, one of the problems with that is all we are getting, all of our statistics are coming from the Hamas health ministry, which no one should be listening to. So, and, and it's the fog of war. You know, we don't have boots on the ground, Jay, so there's not yeah, almost all of the information that's, were, that's being reported on this conflict is not verified. And that's a problem, because this is a war of public relations and, and Israel's battling Hamas to try and win that battle, but it's not easy. I would say as we move into 2024, Jay, there's three significant issues to be tracking concerning Israel. Yeah. One is U.S. funding package, the one we spoke about, which will not only include funding for Ukraine, but it's going to include funding for Israel. That's one thing. Um, and, by the way, the border, that's why we haven't passed anything yet. Um, Israel transitioned to a lower-intensity conflict. That's the next, next thing we should be watching. You know, there's U.S. and Israel views and worldviews that are completely competing. Israel says, ultimately, we will. Of course they will, ultimately. It's not a perpetual war. But that's going to be, I think, in the future, whereas is, the U.S. is looking for that to happen right now. So we have competing views. And most importantly, I think we should be watching an expansion to a regional conflict, which is becoming increasingly realistic right now, Jay. Like you said, I think this morning they said it's 106 attacks since the beginning of this on U.S. troops. That's a lot of attacks. And plus the Red Sea. I think it's four major commercial shipping carriers right now have suspended operations. Jay, it's those financial, economic impacts are going to start hitting the world very soon. That is a key uh, region for shipping. And we're going to start to see that have an impact as we move into 2024. So I, I would say it is not unrealistic right now to see the U.S. step up operations and get drawn into a regional conflict as we move into 2024. It's something to keep a close eye on. No question. And all I could tell you is the rejection 
of a proposal for a permanent ceasefire in Gaza. That's Hamas, Hamas's rejection, folks. It's just another reminder, Captain, uh, that the conflict really can't end until it's eliminated. They're destroyed fully, eradicated. That's it. This vermin must be wiped off the face of the earth uh, as the group would rather Palestinians suffer death and destruction than live prosperously uh, next to Israel. I mean, that's really what it's all about. And, you know, you read about the Gaza City mayor who made a plea for an immediate permanent ceasefire um, and on deaf ears. And we're all in agreement here, folks. Nobody wants Palestinians to live peaceful, productive lives in Gaza more than the Israeli government. I mean, that is absolutely true. But Hamas wants to wipe out every Jew on the planet, wants to knock Israel off the face of the earth, and that's what it's all about. So it is what it is, but there's only one way to go here, and that is to finish it finish it off, to finish off every Hamas militant on the planet. And if Hezbollah wants the same type of treatment, they're going to get it. Same with the Houthis. But that's the only way to go, Captain. The only way to go, my friend. We can't thank you enough. Uh, we'll have you back on tomorrow for a year-end close. The Captain's Company, GlobalThreatSolutions.com. Check that out for peace of mind in uncertain times. An incredible company uh, that uh, provides so many services. Let's not forget the Captain's Brief. We'll preview that for the New Year's weekend as well. 11 to 11.30 on a Saturday right here on LA News Radio. What a job the captain does. The captain's brief along with Tom Evans. Cap, well done today. Good recap. We look forward to having you on tomorrow, my friend. Thanks, Jay. Look forward to it.